so much. Well, today we're in uh, week number two of a series that we started last week that we have called Afterlife. Everybody say Afterlife. Because we're all going to be there one day, hopefully later than sooner, but one day we are going to be there. And we're specifically trying to answer this question, what happens when you die? Now, last week was really just an introduction type message just to try to get us aware that all of us are going to die. It was a very encouraging and uplifting message last week. Last week, we looked at what the Bible has to say about death. And, and just for review, I know all of you know this, but some of you may not have written this down. But just for review, there were three things that we learned last week that the Bible says about death. Number one, that death is certain. It's going to happen. The mortality rate in America and for the entire world is 100%. One out of every one person dies. Death runs in my family. Death runs in your family. You are going to die. I know that's not encouraging, but it's going to happen. And the older you get, the more aware of that truth you are, that, that death is certain. The second thing that we learn is that when we die, that our soul leaves our body. Our soul and our body separate. Jesus said, um, don't fear the one who can destroy your body because they cannot touch your soul. But fear God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. So what he was saying there is that, is that our, our soul and our body are separate. That even though this body dies, that our soul is going to go on to live somewhere. And it's not just going to be a ghost or an angel that's just free floating or free roaming around. It's going to go in one or two places, which is what the third point was that we learned last week about death is that after death, we will face judgment. And, and, and the judgment that we face will be the result of what we did with Jesus while we was on this earth. Did we make him the Lord and Savior of our lives? Did we choose to live the way that he's called us to live, which he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life? Or did we choose to live of our own standards and make decisions for ourselves in hopes that everything that would turn out okay once we die? So those are the three things that we learned last week. Now we're going to move a little bit deeper into this. And we're going to look more at this whole afterlife experience. And we're going to, for the next two weeks, we're going to focus on two uh, groups of people. Today we're going to focus on what happens when a Christian dies, and uh, next week we're going to focus on what happens when a non-Christian dies. So uh, to get started this morning, I want to uh, reread a scripture that we read last week, and that is in Luke chapter number 16. If you want to turn there, we're going to read this story that Jesus shared uh, to those around him that really gives us a good look First of all, at the fact that there are only two places that we can go when we die. And then he gives us kind of an inside look as to what it looks like for each one of these people who dies. One's a believer, one's a non-believer. So let's reread this, this story. Luke 16, beginning at verse 19. Jesus said, There was a certain rich man who was splendidly clothed in purple and fine linen and who lived each day in luxury. At his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus who was covered with sores. As Lazarus lay there longing for scraps from the rich man's table, the dogs would come and lick his open sores. Finally, what happened to the poor man? He died. Death is certain. It's going to happen. Finally, the poor man died, and he was carried by the angels to sit beside Abraham at the heavenly banquet. So the poor man dies. He goes to heaven. The rich man also, what happened to him? Money couldn't keep him alive, could it? The rich man also died and was buried. His body's buried. But he went to the place of the, the dead. 
And then that place is what? It is, it's torment. He says, there in torment, he saw Abraham in the far distance with Lazarus at his side. Now, just to recap, as I told you last week, the focus of this story is not that rich people go to hell. As a matter of fact, I'm going to just share this. I won't, I, won't, I won't mention Preston's name, but um, last week after service, he was, when we were, t- we were just kind of casually talking about this, about, you know, in Sunday school class one time, a young girl said, yeah, here's what I learned. I learned that rich people go to hell and that poor people go to heaven. And when I said poor people go to heaven, Preston's like, praise the Lord, I am a for sure shoe in I'm going to heaven. But that's, that's not the focus of the story. The focus of the story is not rich people go to hell and poor people go to heaven. The focus of the story is that there are two places of eternity. There's, there are two destinations. One is heaven and one is hell. We're going to learn that this morning what happens to that Christian. What, is it, what does it look like? What happens to them when their soul leaves their body? So next week we'll pick up on what happens to the non-believers. But for this morning, let's stay focused on what happens to a Christian. One thing, if you're taking notes this morning, one thing we know that happens to Christians who die is they are carried by angels to their new home. They are carried by angels to their new home. In the story that Jesus just shared, in verse number 22, he says, finally the poor man died and was what? He was, y'all's quiet, he was carried by the angels to sit beside Abraham at the heavenly banquet. Now, I don't know that I have ever preached a message on angels, and and I'm not here to preach a sermon on angels, but you and I need to be aware that just because we don't see angels, and just because we aren't aware of their presence, doesn't mean that they do not exist. There are angels all around us. God assigns His angels and gives them assignments to protect and to serve and to watch over and to minister to His children. As a matter of fact, I want to share with you a couple of passages so you'll know that I'm not just up here blowing smoke this morning. In Psalm 91.11, it says this, He, the Lord, will order His, chain, His angels to do what? To protect you wherever you go. I'm thankful for God's angels because I, I do some dumb things. And I'm thankful that His angels are there to watch over me. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14, here's another one. It says that angels are ministering spirits that are sent to do what? To serve those who will inherit salvation. That's us. So we know that God has His angels and they're sent to serve us and to protect us. Now, let me, let me be very careful this morning and be very clear that angels are not the Savior. Okay, Christ alone is the Savior. Yet God gives us angels and He assigns angels to care for and to protect His children. And I believe that when we're taking our final breaths on this earth, that the angels are gathering around us preparing to carry us home. I have, I have um, been at, at, at a couple of different bedsides of people who passed away while I was in the room. And um, uh, without question, that both of the times that that has happened, these, these people had been, were believers, so they were Christians. I knew where they were going. And both of those times that it happened, you could, you could almost sense a supernatural presence in the room. I don't know how many of you have ever experienced that, but it, it was almost as though, and I just got to believe this, I just believe that that was the, the gathering of the angels that were there ready to carry that saint of God home. 
This is what happens. When we pass away, the angels are there to carry us to our new home. The Bible tells us that when Jesus comes again, the angels will be there to attend to those who are making the transport to heaven. When we die as a Christian, angels carry us to our new home. Now, I want to give you a little bit of, um, of an idea here, something to think about. This is not... Now, what I'm going to tell you is in the Bible, but the point I'm trying to make is not necessarily supported by Scripture. This is strictly just a speculation that I have, okay? It's not, it's not Word of God per se. But I do know that the Bible teaches us that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and, and rulers of darknesses, darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness or spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. We know that. Now, that's scriptural. Perhaps, this is just perhaps, this is where my speculation comes in. Perhaps, when we die as Christians, obviously we have to get from earth to heaven. Perhaps we have to cross that realm of darkness to get there, where the enemy lurks. We know that there is warfare that's going on in the heavenlies. We know the Bible teaches us in the book of Daniel that there was an angel uh, who was impeded by, by Satan and his demons for 21 days that prevented him from coming to, to Daniel's rescue. So perhaps, this is just a suggestion, perhaps this is the enemy's last attempt. Even though he cannot overcome us, even though we have already won because we're sealed in Christ Jesus, perhaps this is his one last attempt to try to delay our homecoming. So the angels gather around our bedside when we take that last trip and they make sure that we make that, that transport to heaven. That's, that's just an idea. But regardless, for whatever reason, God has given us His angels to serve us, to watch over us, to protect us. And when we take our last breath on, on this earth, the angels will carry us to our brand new home. Reminds me of the song. You remember the song, Swing Low, Sweet Chariot? I looked over Jordan and what did I see coming forward to carry me home? It was a what? It was a band of angels coming after me. They were coming forth to carry me home. When I take my last breath on this earth, angels are going to carry me to my new home because I am a believer in Jesus Christ. Second thing that we know that happens to Christians who die is they are immediately in the presence of Jesus immediately in the presence of Jesus. Now, there are some Christians who believe in a, in a theory or an idea called soul sleep. I don't know if you've ever heard that phrase before, and some, some preachers will actually teach this. Soul sleep uh, refers to the condition of the time from, from when I die until the time that the Lord comes back. That Some people believe that your soul is just... You're just asleep. You're, you're not conscious. You're not aware. Even though it may be a hundred years from the time that you die till the time that Jesus comes back, you're not aware of that because you're just in a non-conscious state, if you will. Now, I, I don't believe that. I believe that the Scripture gives us uh, plenty of supportive evidence that would uh, refer otherwise to tell us that when we die as a believer that we're immediately in the presence of Jesus. One of those passages is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6-8. through 8. The Apostle Paul says this, he says, We are always confident and we know that as long as we're at home in the body, in other words, as long as we're alive on this earth and our body's alive, that we're away from the Lord. We're away from His presence. For we live by faith and not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body. That means that this body dies, that our soul would leave. To be away from the body and at home with the Lord. 
Some translations say it like this, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. In other words, there, there is no waiting room. There's no holding cell. There's no soul sleep. I believe to die as a believer on this earth is to immediately step into the presence of Jesus. Immediately. Jesus said that He's the God of the living and not the dead. I don't, I don't believe that there's a soul sleep. I believe that when I take my last breath on this earth, I'll take my first breath in the presence of the Lord. That I am standing in His presence immediately carried to the presence of the Lord. The story that Jesus shares in Luke chapter number 16 of the rich man and Lazarus, there is no gap time that we see in Scripture from the time that they die until the time that they're placed in their eternal destination. It says that, the, that Lazarus, the poor man, died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom, to, to heaven. I believe that's happening immediately. Jesus, here's another place, another reference. Jesus said to uh, the, the thief on the cross who believed in him, he said, today, what? T today you will be with me in paradise. Not in a few years, not when, when your soul is awakened on, on the day of resurrection. He says, today, when you pass away, you are going to be with me in paradise. For every Christian, death is nothing more than a door that we step through to be in the presence of our Savior. When you go to the funeral of a believer, a saint of God who's died and passed away, when you see their body in that casket, that may be their body, but I guarantee you they are very much alive and in a much better place than you and I are. That's why I told you last week that we, if you've had loved ones who have died and gone on to be with the Lord, that you were going to be encouraged by this message that we were singing about it this morning, that I'm no longer a slave to fear. As Christians, we don't have anything to fear, including death itself. We don't have to fear death because we know what's us. It's just a door we're going to step through and immediately be in the presence of the Lord. Sure, it's sad that we've lost our spouse. Sure, it's, it's sad that maybe we've lost children or we've lost our parents who've died and gone on to be with the Lord. It's sad for us because we're still here and we're lonely. We miss them. We miss their love. We miss their voice. We miss the things that they would cook for us. We miss all of these things. But I promise you this, they are in a lot of joy and a lot of peace and a lot of things are, great things are happening because they're in the presence of Jesus. So we don't have to be sad. That's the hope that all of us have. As we stand beside the, that casket of a, of a believer, we know that the hope and the comfort that we have is in Jesus Christ, that one day when we pass through death's door, that we are going to step right into the presence of Jesus. So when a Christian dies, they are carried by the angels into heaven. They are immediately in the presence of Jesus. And one day, everybody say one day, one day they will receive a new body. I figured we'd have a lot more amens than that, but... One day they will receive a new body. Now, I emphasize the phrase one day because we do not get our new bodies immediately when we die as believers. It doesn't happen immediately. That will happen when the Lord returns to call His children home, when He comes back. Matter of fact, let me read this to you. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, verse 13 through 18. The Apostle Paul is writing here and he says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know... It's kind of funny. I think they had Q&A sermons back then. I think a lot of people were asking, what happens to all of our friends who were believers who died? So he's answering the question. He goes, I want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we believe that, don't we? 
We, we just celebrated that a couple of weeks ago. We also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. Now he's talking about their, their souls or their, their spirits. I told you last week and a little bit while ago that when we die, our body separates from our, our soul. Our soul leaves our body. Our body's buried, but our soul goes to be with the Lord. Now watch this. When, when Jesus comes back, it says he's going to bring with, them, with him all of the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet Him ahead of those who have died. But they've already gone to be with Him. For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died, now this is talking about their bodies, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then, together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. This, that phrase there, caught up, a lot of people will talk about the rapture. That's where that phrase comes from, the rapture of the church. Caught up to meet, them, meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord for how long? Forever. You know how long that is? That's like to infinity and beyond. That's like... It's, it's for, we can't even comprehend that. And we use that word loosely. It's like, man, this is taking forever. You know, we're at the drive through at McDonald's. Not me, but some of you guys. And it's been like three minutes that you're in line. Like, man, it took forever. Forever is, is forever. I mean, it nev- there's no end. There's no time. It's just for, forever. He says, we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. Now, before I, I share on this, I want to show you one more verse, and then we'll, we'll talk about this. Ecclesiastes chapter number 12, verse 7. This is also talking about what happens when we die. It says, then shall the dust, that's, this is our body, our bodies were made from what? The dust of the earth. Remember Genesis 2, 7, God forms man from the dust of the earth. He breathes the breath of life, and man becomes a living soul. Okay, so what happens is really kind of reverse when we, when we die. Our, our, our bodies, our dust, returns to the earth. If you play her, said dust to dust, and you know, ashes to ashes, all this is it's what we're going back to the earth as it was. But what happens to the, the spirit? The spirit shall return unto God who gave it. When you, when you die as a Christian, the real you, which is your spirit man, the real you goes to be with the Lord immediately. Body is buried, or the body is cremated, or the body is whatever happens to it. Maybe you're, you're on a cruise ship, going to the Bahamas, and the cruise ship you know, sinks, and you're eaten by sharks. I don't, I don't know. I'm just, just, you know, just, you, if you're like me, when you board cruise ships, you're thinking the worst. You're thinking, okay, what's the worst that could happen? Well, we could sink and be all eaten by Sharks, you know, like baby sharks. Dun, 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 dun. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take a, it's going to be a slow, painful <laughs> death. All right, okay, so either way, our spirit goes to be with the Lord. Our bodies are dead. They, they dissolve. They turn back into ashes. But yet when the Lord returns, your spirit will come with him and unite with your resurrected body. Now, here's the good news. This is not your previous body. This is a new body. Just like with Jesus, when he was when he was in the grave for, for three days, when he resurrected, people could still see him. Now, this is, I don't want to get off on this, like what we're going to look like. I don't know. I, think, I do believe that people will know us and will recognize us, so I think that we'll look very similar. But it will be a, 
a, a newer model that doesn't wear out. And so when Jesus, yeah, there we go. So when Jesus rose from the grave, he had a glorified body. I mean, he was able to move through walls. He was able to, we would call it teleport today, just be wherever he wanted to be. I, that's hard to imagine, but those are the type of bodies that we were going to have, that we're going to have. When we die as a, as a Christian, we go to heaven. Our spirit is with the Lord. When the Lord comes back, our bodies are going to come out of that grave. New bodies. And our spirit is going to re, reunite with our earthly body, the brand new body, and we're going to forever be with the Lord. Now, this answers a lot of questions. A lot of people, when you talk about cremation, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't believe in that. I, I, you know, I, don't, I don't think that's right, because how's, how's God going to put your body back together? And my first thought is like, we must not know the same God. Because I, I think if God can create man from dust... He can put together someone who's been cremated. Amen? Uh, and not to even mention, a lot of people, are, they involuntarily are cremated. They burn in buildings or are destroyed by fire or lost at sea. No one even knows where they are. We serve a God. That's not going to be an issue for Him. All right? But the good news that I want you to understand today is that when we die as believers, when the Lord comes back, we're going to get a new body, a body that will not wear out, a body that that will not experience allergies or asthma or diabetes or cancer or, or depression or anxiety or stress or you put your whatever you're struggling with, back pain, headaches, heartburn, indigestion, you name it. I sound like a commercial for Rolaids right now, but bad eyesight. You won't, you won't be experiencing any of that. You get a body that will never grow old or never grow tired. One that will never experience pain or sorrow ever again. Amen. When Jesus rose from the grave, the Bible says that He became the first fruits for every believer who dies. 1 Corinthians 15.23, let's just read this together. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest. Then all who belong to Christ, which is, which is me, and I hope that's you today if you've given your life to Christ, all who belong to Christ, because Jesus raised from the dead, and because we're now in Him, we will be raised when He comes back. New bodies. And we'll be with the Lord forever. All will be perfect as we're in the Lord's presence forever. So here's what we know. When a Christian dies, immediately they're carried away by the angels, and immediately they're in the presence of the Lord. And this is hope and comfort for all of us, as I said, as we stand beside the gravesides of those who have passed on before us. But that's not the whole story. The soul goes to be with the Lord in heaven, and the body is buried until the day of resurrection when Jesus returns. At that moment, our bodies will be raised incorruptible. That means they will be perfect, and we will never wear out. We will never suffer injury. We will never get sick. We will never grow old. We will never die. Praise the Lord for that. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ this morning, you don't have to fear Death, once again, for every believer, death is simply a door that we step through to get into the presence of the Lord. Our last breath on this earth will be our very first breath in eternity. I love this quote by, by D.L. Moody, and I've rewritten it this morning to include my name instead of his. It says this, Someday you will read in the newspapers that Scott Finley of Russellville, Arkansas is dead. But don't you believe a word of it. At that moment, I shall be more alive than I am now. 
Is that not? This, guys, this is our hope as followers of Jesus Christ. This life, we are, we are pilgrims passing through. We are, we are aliens, really, to this world. We're, we're, we're in the world, but we're not of this world. We have a heavenly home with Jesus. Now, we're here on assignment. We have a work to do. And that's a whole other message in itself. We have a work to do. The Apostle Paul is talking about, he says, I, I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. Now, that's the SFT version. So I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. I, I want to I be with you or I want to go on and be with the Lord, but, but for your sakes, I am still here. In other words, he goes, I really want to go and be in the Lord's presence, but I have a work to do on this earth. There's a lot of people that I need to reach. I have loved ones who are lost. I need to preach the gospel to. I need to make sure that they understand the consequences of eternity, the weight of eternity. Now, this, the, all of these things that I'm talking about this morning is good news for us who are believers. But let me remind you as we get ready to, to move into next week's message, let me remind you, the things that I'm telling you about that are happening to people who die are only, the ones I'm talking about today, is only for people who have put their hope and trust in Jesus Christ. There are other things that are going to happen for people who do not know Jesus. And you don't want to be on that side of, of God's judgment. You want to be on the side that who is in Christ Jesus, who, who when we take our last breath, we're going to be escorted into the presence of the Lord. In closing this morning, I want you to consider your life and your eternity. What's going to happen to you when you die? What's going to happen to you? I know no one wants to talk about it, but death is certain. It's going to happen. So you need to talk about it. As a matter of fact, I, the book of Ecclesiastes talks about that it's better to be at a funeral than at a party. And the reason why is because when you're at a party, you, you, you don't even think about life. You've got forever to live. You're 21 years old. You're 28 years old. You're 43 years old. You have so much life in front of you. But when you're at a funeral, you're aware of the reality of death, that death is real. And that one day we're all going to pass there. And so at a funeral service, it allows everyone to stop what's going on and just focus on the fact that that could be me one day. It's going to be me one day. Where, where, where is my life? Where, where will I spend eternity? And as you ponder that question, is what's going to happen to you when you die and where will you spend eternity? My next question would be this, is have you made preparations for that day? I'm not talking about do you have your funeral service planned out and what songs you're going to sing and who's going to sing them and who's going to be the minister. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about preparations for not the service, but for eternity, where you're going to spend. Have you, have you made preparations to meet Jesus? Because all of us are going to stand before Him one day. You know, there's a lot of people this morning, many people, and I think that as time goes on, more and more people believe this way, but so many people today believe that, that every good person goes to heaven. And in a way, there's some truth to that. But, it, but it's all dependent upon what is good. And we think someone's good just because, you know, they're just good-hearted good people. They're just kind-hearted people. But Jesus says there's, there's none that's good. Not, not one. The only thing that makes us good enough to go to heaven is whether or not we've put our faith in Jesus Christ, whether or not we've believed upon Him as our Lord and Savior. That's what makes us good. That's what makes us righteous. That's what gives us justification. But you know, you hear it said, and it's, and it's, really, it, it's, it, it's really very sad. And, and I've been, I have done 
probably hundreds of funeral services. Somewhere around 100 probably. Um, and there's so many things that you want to be able to say at a funeral. You, you want to be able to give people that are in, the, in the, the audience the assurance that their loved one went to heaven. And there, there are times that you know, I don't preach people into hev- or hell and I sure don't preach people into heaven. Because that carries a lot of weight, a lot of responsibility. If, if you've ever ministered at a, serv- uh, a funeral service, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There are some things that, you know, I, I will never say, yeah, we know that they're in heaven because that's a, that is a misleading um, path to salvation for some people because they can look at them and they think, wow, so they, they were able to make it to heaven by the way that they live, so, man, I'm good. So I never do that. But I always, you know, talk about the fact that death is real and it's, it's reality and all of us are going to face it one day. And I may say things like, you know, I, did, I didn't know Carol or I didn't know Jim. And many times I don't know them. I said, but I do know this. I, I know you today. And I know how, that God is here speaking to you and He's asking you where you stand in eternity. My point is this, that many times we go to, we go to funeral services and the preacher will preach somebody that lived a hellish life right into heaven. Have y'all been to those services before? You, I mean, I know we're not the judge of people, and I'm, not, I'm careful how I say that, but a lot of times we think, oh yeah, we know that they're in heaven today. How do you know that? How do you know, well, they were a good person. I never heard them cuss, or I never, you know, they always drove the speed limit, and, and that would disqualify most of us, probably everyone here today. But they, 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 were, just, they were just good people. I just want to reassure you this morning as we're talking about death and the afterlife, just doing the right thing is not going to get you to heaven. Obeying the law is not going to get you to heaven. Coming to church is not going to get you to heaven. The only thing that's going to get you to heaven is if you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and believe upon Him and live the way He's called you to live. I told you this last week, and I'm going to close with this, that what happens when you die depends on what happens before you die. What did you do with Jesus? Because God loved the world so much that He sent His one and only Son that if we would believe in Him, we would not perish. That means He would eternally separate from God, but we would have everlasting life. We could live with Him forever. The key word there is believe upon Jesus. And that's not just, oh yeah, I believe. I believe. It's, it's an action word. Putting, putting your actions to what Jesus has called you to do. You're not... You're, you're not just believing from a distance. You are following. A, Christ, a Christian is a Christ follower. Following the ways of the Lord. Getting into His Word. What would the Lord have me to do? Reading His Word and applying that to your life. Are you going to make mistakes? Are there going to be setbacks? Absolutely. But that's where God's grace and His mercy comes in. Like a flood. The Bible says His mercies are new every single morning. I'm so thankful for that. But we keep putting our faith and keep trusting in God and keep following Him. And if that's you this morning, if you've put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, then when you take your last breath, you don't have to fear. Your next breath will be in the presence of Jesus. And what a day that's going to be. Aren't you looking forward to that day? But if you do not know Him this morning, the good news is is you have breath in your lungs and you have an opportunity to make things right with Him today. So I'm going to ask if you just bow your head and close your eyes. I'm going to ask some of our, our pastoral team to come up to the front. And I just want to give you an opportunity today to, to know that you are right with God. I'm not saying here today that, that you're not a follower of Christ, but just maybe there's some things that are going on in your life.